0: You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast.
1: Welcome to Voluntary Vixens, where Jesse and Maddie give a female voice to news and pop culture with a libertarian twist. Join us to stay informed and challenged
0: while keeping it sane, peaceful, and most importantly, voluntary. Voluntary. What's up, Solutionaries? This is maj Touray. and yes, I'm taking over for Maddie and Jesse. Yes, it's the Voluntary Vixens podcast, but I'm just mansplaining for this month of March because that's what we do, and we live a solutionary lifestyle, and yeah, your rules don't apply to us. So yeah, you're listening to the Voluntary Vixens podcast with maj Touray. Let's get into it.
2: I'm so pumped. Well,
1: that's awesome. That was great.
0: <laughs> yeah, this, these, these are all good things. What's up, y'all?
1: Yeah. Well, well, thanks for coming on. By the way, I was—I I didn't know if you would say yes when we asked you, but I'm really glad that you said yes because we have a lot of a lot of things that we agree with you on, especially yeah. when it comes to gun control and um, and the vaccine recently. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Obviously, if anybody's been listening to our show, you know we definitely don't want the vaccine and we don't like it and we're very skeptical of COVID in general. So you,
0: you know, you know, what's crazy? I think that a lot of people think. Um, so my, I'm becoming more and more famous every day. Um, mm-hmm. The problem with that is I don't like it, <laughs> um, and so I, I hold on to as much down to earth ability as I can maintain. And I think that people think that I'm actually a lot more pretentious than I actually am. People don't, people don't think that like what they see on the internet is exactly who I am, and it is. So what mm-hmm. happens a lot of times uh, people will have a podcast and they're like, "Man, there's no way he's gonna do my podcast." I'm like, "What's your podcast?" And they're like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like, I'm like yeah, let's just do it, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So nah, I, I like dealing with the people. I like. Um, like, n- n- no lie. I'm literally sitting in my car, hanging out, chilling right now as we're doing this cast right now, just because um, I just, you know, I like being outside. I like people watching. I like interacting with humans. I like learning from humans. Um, I like, you know, attempting to be a human here and there. You know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah, um, yeah. so yeah, I- I'm excited. I-, I love people that are doing things. And then the podcast title, Voluntary. I mean yeah. it, come on, like you know, so yeah i'm I'm excited, and I appreciate you all for for reaching out and and having me on, you know,
2: yeah, yeah definitely. it's been a wild year, and um you know march i I had to actually be reminded of this because I really do try to avoid the news as much as possible, but you know the news is very selective of what's actually going to be uh reported, so March is the one year anniversary of these authoritarian lockdowns but also i think relevant to you and your work which is incredibly valuable is you know i guess march was the hell month and um included the um i'd say assassination of duncan lemp um the Mm -hmm. no-knock raid that ended in Breonna taylor's death and you know the world ended last last march 2020 for a lot of us but it, it certainly ended you know for their lives um and so you know we'd we'd love um if you could help mansplain for us uh you know yeah on, yeah like one why why gun control is racist and why um you know just basically i don't know like if anybody listening hasn't heard the stories of those two and and why they're in particular like just really shameful <laughs>
0: Yeah, so I think that so one I think the, the greatest place to start is in acknowledging that the state does not exist to help you. Um, mm-hmm. The founding fathers to this place called America with their super contradictions because you know as humans we have them. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that they got right was you know limited government. You know, um, and I say limited government because I I'm still a fan of limited government uh, as as small as possible. I do think because government in the state is made up of humans the the propensity to be for beauty to come out of that is, exists just but i think more more overwhelmingly the propensity to be you know overreaching and, and greedy and you know power hungry and controlling others i think it exists there far more um so i, I try to acknowledge the good with the bad um, and so when people have an understanding of what that, that, that is the the organic nature of the state, you know, if we have a culture that was, um, bre- that consciously bred righteousness and morally upstanding things and so forth and so on in our state would be that, but we've, we're not really all the way there The human condition. You know, if people believe in like the Bible, and based on that story, like, Cain and Abel, like, Cain was, like, the first hater and, like, aced, aced his own, iced his own brother. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and, and, like, stuff was kind of going good, and he still iced his brother. Mm-hmm. So that's a part of the human condition if you believe in that that story, right? Um, so knowing that, there's great and potential for things that humans involve themselves in, and there's great potential for horrible things. When it comes to the state... I think the founding fathers made a good thing of going like, yo, limit this as much as possible because people could get crazy. Um, So Mm -hmm. looking at it from that perspective, when you give the monopoly of violence to the state and give it further and further increasing power, you have scenarios where now the um, subjects of the state or the citizens in that state even justify its own murder of people in the state. So when you're talking about Duncan Limp being murdered, when you're talking about Breonna Taylor, um, you know, you can, it's easy to showcase the contradiction. So for, for example, you say Duncan Limp. you say, okay, what, what would justify me as a gun person? What would justify me killing someone? I have no problem with violence. Uh, I don't. I don't initiate any acts of aggression upon any human. Um, and and more than likely, any sentient being. I'm not, you know, deliberately um, subjecting that personal being to any type of un- unwanted active aggression. If you initiate an act of aggression on me, I have the means to defend my life. So, what it would take for me to murder someone as they're in their bed is it wouldn't. I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have to be aggressed upon very violently or the potential for you to harm or create great bodily harm to me or take my life. These were not the cases with, you know, Duncan Limp, nor Brianna Taylor. Um, one of the contradictions that we see, especially from, you know, I have a lot of friends that, are, that identify as conservatives, is they'll say things like, you know, if somebody breaks into my home, I'm going to shoot them because I have the right to defend my castle. And they're right. But they're con- conditioning an attachment to this false theory that the state has a different set of rules Mm -hmm. of engagement than the general public does. When Breonna Taylor's boyfriend, who's Kenneth Walker, whose case has been removed, all charges dropped, he defended that house the same way that some of my conservative friends would say, if somebody broke into my house, I would defend. And then they'll say, well, that guy shouldn't have shot police. So here's an example of the conditioning of uh, and exposing itself in a contradiction kenneth walker defended a home that he thought was being broke into he shot at police officers police officers shot and killed brianna taylor then other people that identify as conservatives or more status leaning vibes right they say well he got her killed no he didn't he did what he thought was right he thought he was defending a home um And that contradiction is clear. I say these things, uh, going back to Duncan Limp, there was no initial act of aggression by the person that was murdered. There was an initial act of aggression by the state for um, overreaching things that have nothing to do with providing better quality of life for Americans. It had stuff to do with, like, so-called the war on drugs, so-called. And even those were wrong, Okay. If for someone to take, for me to take a life, my life has to, or life has to be in imminent danger, like right now, not, you know, oh, we think somebody has some drugs, which is a nonviolent thing. That's commerce. I drink liquor, which is poison. The state said it's okay. So because of that, I can buy and sell drugs because that's what alcohol and cigars that I smoke and drink are. <laughs> Caffeine, which is a drug that the state says I'm it's okay for me to buy and consume, white sugar, which is defined as a drug, which is six times more addictive than cocaine. Right? Yep. The state says I can do that, so it's okay. So I don't have to worry about the police coming to increase the continuum of force to kill me. But if it was weed or mushrooms or heroin or coke, then that would be completely different. So saying all of these things to say. The state um, has created this illusion for a lot of us to follow that somehow means that one of these quote unquote drugs are okay and won't get you murdered by the state. And one of them, it's okay to violate your Fourth Amendment rights, your pri- right to privacy, all of these things, because we've deemed these particular list of so called drugs as bad. Never mind the fact that hundreds of thousands of people die annually from nicotine and cigarettes and cigars, the things that I smoke, you know, uh, but I, I've yet to hear of people dying from cannabis. So my point in saying all of this is that Brianna Taylor, as well as Duncan Lent, were clear examples of the state overreaching to the point of killing an innocent person that posed no immediate threat or imminent threat to life. And I think we got to look at it through that lens. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to evaluate our relationship with uh, conditioning towards an attachment to uh, the state and the, the the state-sponsored violence that is justified by foot soldiers, i.e. law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that there's a way to say that in a very patriotic way. There's a way to say that from a place of empathy. And there's a way to say that also from a place of, I will fucking kill you. I don't give a fuck about your um, uniform if you attempt to violate my life. Nobody's uniform gives them a license to kill uh, humans Um, unless that human is in the moment of initiating a violent act of aggression on someone else. And I think if we look at it through that lens, we've done the empathy thing, but we're also going to do the respect thing, and we're also going to do the training thing, the gun thing. And I will fucking murder you if you try to murder me. And I think that we need to make sure that all of those levels of understanding are appreciated and shared with the general public, and we'll start getting a different result um, from the state.
1: Yes. It kind of, like you just said, kind of reminds me of this gas station that is in my town.
0: Mm-hmm. Where,
1: mm-hmm. Um, I know this sounds crazy, but it really, I have a point. There's this uh, part of town where, it's rough. It's the rougher part of town. And I remember mm-hmm. when I was in my early 20s, I was with a friend of mine and we went to this gas station and my friend was like, don't do anything stupid because everybody in this place has a gun. <laughs> and, right. Right. So, I mean, I was thinking like, well, what stupid thing am I, <laughs> are you thinking I'm going to do? But um, when we left, he was like, that gas station is the only gas station in this part of town that's never been robbed.
0: Yep, yep. And
1: I was like, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you told me that, that, I definitely didn't want to try anything. I wasn't planning on it, but, you know, but when you have that knowledge that, and I think that's the key, like what you're saying is like, I won't, I'm not going to try to start anything with you, but I want you to know that I'm not harmless. So right. we had that knowledge going into every, if cops had that knowledge going into every home. I doubt they would try a lot of the stuff they try.
0: Correct. And I think that, you know, uh, cause I know a lot of law enforcement officers and I think some of those guys sign up and women sign up for that job to, to genuinely be noble, especially someone that doesn't understand what the state actually is. Right. Exactly. Um, right. I, I, I think that they go like, Hey, I want to put this uniform on, man. I want to fight crime. And before they know it, They're a road pirate, you know, like chasing people down to generate revenue for the state. That's not what they initially signed up for. I think that, so I want to be clear on that. This is not an attack on people that genuinely wanted to like serve their community, like local policing and like, but we can redefine that. We can say, listen, you should take this job and you should only enforce or chase down crimes with Like, actual crime. And when I say actual crime, I mean, crimes have to have actual victims. Robberies, rapes, and homicides. Everything else is just, you know, the state said we got to get money off of this and y'all not giving us money. Everything else outside of a robbery, a rape, or a homicide, right? An unjustified homicide falls within that, that grouping. If it's, yeah, these guys had drugs. So, so what? So what? They had drugs. And who cares? Unless they're robbing someone else of their drugs or getting someone high and raping them or trying to kill someone else for their drugs, you shouldn't have anything to do with it at an estate. That is a voluntary, work the name and the title in, mm-hmm. that is a voluntary <laughs> exchange. Hey, I have the cocaine. Do you have the money? Yes, I have the money right here. Oh, cool. That's commerce. Now, insert different C words: caffeine. Hey, do you have the coffee? Caffeine? Yes, well, I want some of it. Hey, I have the stuff right here. Do you have the money? Yes, why, yes, I have the money right here. Those are both drugs. So if we tar- if we told law enforcement officers, yo man, don't s- fill out no tickets. Don't pull nobody over for no tell don't do chase anybody down for speeding, none of that. Go chase the killers, the robbers, and the rapists. One, you'd have less people even wanting to do that job because it's clear that you're now chasing the real crime. Right. Some people aren't really understanding that these aren't really crimes. This is just some state-arranged thing to make sure that the people stay in positions of, you know, like servitude. Um, so that's one. The other thing is because there'd be less people doing the job, there'd be less, There's there'd also be less stuff that you'd like even have to call these people for, right? Mm-hmm. Hey man, this guy's trying to rob me. Well, I got a gun, so I don't even have to fucking call the police unless I got to kill him. <laughs> yeah.
2: Right. 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 I'll call if I
0: train, <laughs> right. If I train and I was able to avoid that situation in the first place, if I was able to draw down on him and didn't have to take life, that guy runs away. We still don't need to call the police. Well, he tried to rob me. He thought he was. He didn't get the drop on me. I was able to have a defensive gun usage without, a, a, you know, a lethal outcome. And now I move on with my night. Still don't have to call the police. Um, and to your point, if most people are knowing that people are being very self-autonomous and very aware and uh, have the means to defend themselves, maybe I shouldn't rob people in this type of neighborhood anyway because most people over here have guns. So then the, yeah. the need for crime, even prevention doesn't happen because more people are going like, nah, man, everybody over there is strapped. That gas station is never going to get robbed, you know? And so these are the things that we got to start reconditioning people into their self power, their self worth. They're, emp- they're empowering them literally, you know? And then you go back to the state or the foot soldiers for the state. Then you'd only have those guys that really, t- that are like, yes. I'm going to catch the robbers, the rapists, and the killers. There's going to be less cowards that did take the job for the wrong reasons. They're not even going to go get the job. Then we can hire quality people as opposed to just a bunch of people because chasing down tickets and all of this other stuff, and we're not calling them for your dog. Don't call 911 for your dog or your cat stuck in a tree. That's not their job, right? Yeah. Now we can pay those women and men. They start salary of $100,000 because this is actually a legitimate, you're catching bad guys. And that type of bad guy that just says bad guy is an actual bad guy. So we need, you're actually risking your life. And then that can become a noble profession again. You are literally putting that uniform on to chase people that are actual criminals, that are actually robbing, raping, and killing. So because we've thinned the herd, these guys and women that take this job, we've given them $100,000 with benefits from the gate. Everybody in the community, they, they community police, they help actually protect and serve. Right now they have no legal obligation to protect you at all. That's a Supreme Court decision. That, mm-hmm. is, that precedent has been set. So we can start to reconfigure the minds around this concept. I, for one, would love to get behind uh, uh, that type of what's called law enforcement. Those guys, because that's why I carry a gun. You try to, I'm handsome. If you try to rape me, I'm going to shoot you. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Um, If you try to kill me, I'm going to kill you. That's it. If I I cannot kill you and stop you from killing me, I'm going to do that too. Right? If you try to take my stuff, I've already put together defense plans for my home. To protect my home and my stuff. Even if you breach my gates, and if I can get you out of there without killing you, I'm going to. However, that's the reason why I carry a firearm and okay with a certain level of the continuum of force. But I train, though. I actually pay attention. I didn't just get a gun and carry it on my hip and then be like, yeah, y'all know I got a gun on me. Do what I say. Some so called officers take that job for that sense of power. And there, you do what I say. That's how we get so many scenarios where people say, well, they should have just complied. I don't have to fucking comply with something if I haven't actually committed an actual crime. We have to recondition the people to these understandings of following that, you know, line of, line of that, that profession, as well as your power as a citizen um, to not have to listen to anything that is not in alignment with a morally upstanding, um re- constitutionally respecting um, and I say constitution based on the ideals of what the Constitution and the Bill of Rights represent, we can recondition the general public to do that through conversations like this on this podcast and other others to make sure that we're riding the ship in the direction of defense of liberty at all costs
2: right, and I think that um, that kind of i guess leads into or is basically like a summary of what I saw emerge from you a while ago now, um, but the solutionary lifestyle, you know, there has to, yeah. there has to be a solution. And I, and frankly, you're right. Like a lot of people just <laughs> talk the talk, but I think, um, what you're doing, um, official black guns matter is doing is, uh, bringing solutions to real people because, you're right, the state does have a monopoly on violence, and they've also kind of taken upon themselves to um, try to uphold this monopoly on morality. And so, like, it's just arbitrariness run amok, but, like, also um, the results are you might get shot for doing something that you could really do voluntarily with another consenting adult. But since the state says no, you know, you and or your dog and or your family member may get shot. And so um, I think that, you know, that that's why training um, has to be so important as well because there's ways to escalate and there's ways to de-escalate.
0: A hundred percent. And, and I, as a person that walks around generally with a firearm on me, I, my first reaction to everything is avoid and de-escalate. You know, I, I remember trying to put two of, like, like toothpaste back in the tube. It, it's very difficult and almost impossible. Same thing with if I discharge a round. I have to make sure that this is a slam dunk. That's clearly Jason Voorhees or Freddy Krueger, and life is in imminent danger. That round does not go back in. If I, if I don't know that it's actually the imminent danger and I let a round off, you know, the problem with that is I let that round off and that round don't go back in the barrel like that toothpaste don't go back in the tube. So I think even with our classes at Black Guns Matter, we make sure that we focus on conflict resolution and de-escalation in that regard. Because um, if not, you know, you and, and, and inadvertently could wind up behind bars for the rest of your life, lose all of your assets. Um, because you weren't trying to avoid. I've had times with people like in New Orleans where people were actually l- legit trying to rob me, and I knew it. I got out of there so fast. I'm famous for going like, yeah, I'm out of here. I'm gone. I'm not even putting myself in that situation. I'm, I'm not. No, are you kidding me? Again, I'm handsome. I'm never going to jail. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, you know what, what I'm saying? And so it becomes, I don't even want to put anybody in a position also to play themselves where I actually got to, I got it in your life and now your family's grieving and they know you as a loving person. They don't know you as the person that was trying to rob me that I put three in, you know. So yeah. um, there's a responsibility that comes along with this and the biggest responsibility is avoid conflict and de-escalate as much as possible. I am not, I don't want, I want, I don't want that um, stripe on my jacket that deep. I would prefer not having that stripe you going home that night and you thinking later on, like, man, I, I got a new hustle and, and, and I'm able to take care of my family. You're not now, like, not even dead. Like, you could be shot and lose your ability to walk. Like, these are things that I think that as gun owners we have to think about. Um, the, the only way that I really want to go out in the blaze of glory is if I'm fighting for liberty and defending life, like legit. But I, if I could, if I could avoid... Uh, and and, or resolve a conflict, then I'm absolutely that's what I want to do. And I think as gun owners, we got to, I know at least at our classes, we make that, you know, primary. We make that, like, paramount. If it's not on, do not bring your gun out. And if you bring your gun out, and if you can still somehow avoid after bringing your gun out, cool, do it. But the fight that I win every single time is the one that I'm not even in. You know, and that's when you get into that Zen Bruce Lee level of, like, nah, bro, I'm, I'm good. I, I, I won every fight cause I never got in them. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I think, I think, you know, that's, that's the part that we have to glorify as, as citizens, um, as free beings, you know, as humans. Um, and just, just as empathetic people. I know that you want to rob me cause you don't have money. If I kill you, I want you to stay alive so you can understand that there's a way for you to actually make money without robbing me. And if I can avoid that and hopefully extend your time on this planet for you to understand that that money is a currency, it's a current, it's an energy, and you can vibrate higher and generate more currency. If I can keep you alive on this planet, as opposed to me just rushing to me shooting you, center mass, I want to do that for you from an empathetic, loving space, you know? Um, And I think that we can challenge ourselves as gun owners and as citizens to elevate to that level as well.
2: I think that's um, pretty huge. And actually, it goes kind of right up against another thing I wanted to um, talk about, which is all the all the anti-gun propaganda and all the anti-gun marches and all this nonsense out there. It is such um, it's really like emotional dribble and it it really does it goes right to somebody else's empathy um meter and like we get that i mean you're you're wrong and you know your feelings and emotions um don't really change um or take a, or get or give grounds to take away unalienable rights um you know the right to defend yourself that you are born with as a human and that we as you know the gun advocates would want for every single person and you know it's your option if you don't carry one but you know that that option to not carry a gun also comes with potential consequences but like the fact that they try to make it um like they demonize something that really is just i think primal um and so it, it really like bothers me and i'm sure it bothers you like too, but it really bothers me when people try to make these anti-gun, um, go on anti-gun tirades. It's like, well, that's your choice, but don't you dare try and take something away from me that I feel like I need for my protection.
0: Right. I think that what happens there is that's, that's a, so there's like, there's like two different types of, um, people in that regard, right? Mm -hmm. It's like the person that wants to just have their freedoms and there's people that won't leave you alone with your freedoms exactly right so if you can translate to that person one sometimes the people that want your freedoms um and this is gonna sound kind of messed up but sometimes those guys are like in my experience it's like i just did a i just did a um an interview before this right and my guy adrian who was on the cpac panel with me he was saying that he was so far left at one point that when he was in college he, he took like a he was like a women's studies major like Uh like leaning on it like I'm a male Uh feminist type thing right Uh right and so and I was like yo bro like how'd you even how were you there he was like no I learned a lot he was like first of all he was like it was called women's studies and it wasn't what I thought it was uh, obviously as a guy right (laughs) and so (laughs) and so he's like no the 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 the, the, uh professor I thought she handled the material very well and in all honesty that that intro I was hooked when I went further, I was like, okay, this is going somewhere else. However, he was like, I took a lot from that, you know, and those guys at that point usually are very like, you know, like soft and squishy, right? And those sometimes in my experience are the types of people that don't want you to have your freedoms. I think that one, when people understand that, you know, I'm like Cersei, Cersei. on, on, uh, what's that? The Game of Game Thrones. Thrones. I just, I just yeah. finished that. Yeah. Right. And w- the line that she said when she was, that they were coming and he was like, it's, don't do this or there'll be violence. She was like, Oh, I choose violence. Like, no. And Sir gregor just like ripped the dude's head off and like, they kept it moving. I think that the people that are coming for your freedoms that won't leave you alone to just be with your freedoms. I think that they don't understand that the world is actually a very violent place i'm okay like me i'm okay with violence it's primal it's nature mm-hmm. like tornadoes don't ask like tornado like n- naturally tornadoes aren't like hey man we saw that you really like your car and we could you just move it because we're gonna tornado yeah, no, sure. right here <laughs> right they, it just comes and does this thing that's a part of nature now as, as, like, having opposable thumbs and being, like, upright walking and shit, I get to go, I'm okay with violence, but, and I want people to understand that I'm okay with it, I am violent in defense of my freedoms in my life. The people that are generally saying, we don't want you to have your freedoms, are, like, not very well versed in the concept of violence. I think from an empathetic space, if you explain and show to them how okay you are with violence, A lot of times, they'll stop trying to, aggressively at least, try to come for your um, freedoms. And I say that as the, like, the soy latte guy with the, like, rat that's like, yeah, you you don't need an AR-15. It's like, no, I don't. I just have 50 of them. And I want them. (laughs)
2: Yeah.
0: And, you know what I'm saying? And it's like... Right. And, and I'll go, Hey bro, if you don't want one, I understand and I respect. And matter of fact, let me sit down and have this soy latte. Let me share this drink with you. Right. I'll, I'll get the latte, but I won't have the soy, but I'll say, Hey, let's, let's talk about this. And then when we can genuinely engage, cause you're one, you can't take my stuff cause you don't even have a fucking gun. That's number one. Number two, um, The empathy from us as the freedom people and identifying the people that kind of want you to not have your freedoms, they are genuinely uneducated on what freedoms and liberties actually are. So if you can empathetically have that sit down with them over their soy latte, over your coffee, over your, you know, I might have chamomile tea at that time and sit down with them and say, hey, man, I don't wish any harm on you. I have tools that I enjoy. These are my personal property. These these are my private items, you know, and I would love to share these with you if you want to, and I would use these in defense of your lifestyle and your way of life. But I'm okay with violence, and I don't want anyone that would try to infringe on my rights violently. I'm perfectly fine with putting new ventilation systems in them, to defend life and when you can have this from a respectful place a firm place and an understanding that hey man I'm not I'm not the bad guy I'm with you I I, I re-, you know earlier today I was literally on a couch watching like the golden girls having a glass of red wine like laughing and having a great time nice. like with my feet up in the air like on the couch like you know what I'm saying and so <laughs> my feet elevated I I I I, I I understand that there are certain things. I'm I'm not like this barbarian person that some people have told you that I am. So because of that, let me share that with you. So you can understand I kind of just want to be like along with my popcorn and my red wine and my 50 AR-15. And I want to discuss that with you over this cup of tea, soy latte, coffee, whatever. When we can do that as the freedom people and identifying the people that I don't think a lot of times they actually know how infringing they are, no different than the person that shows up to be a law enforcement officer doesn't actually know what the state actually is. Yeah. When we can inform those people that way, from a place of empathy, we can genuinely make headway. It gen- generally doesn't happen over the internet, though. Yeah. It don't happen yeah. like in a in a back and forth like fucking Twitter battle. Yeah. It's usually I remember this guy cussed me out on a few a few years ago on Twitter and I saw in his handle he lived in West Philly. I said, Hey man, I'm I'm from Philly as you may know. You were in West Philly where? He was like, I'm not gonna tell you where I'm at. I'm like, let's meet. Let's sit down and let's literally. I said, Let's sit down and let's have a let's let's meet. We met at a coffee shop. And we wound up talking for like a half hour. That's and I was like, well, let me tell you what I mean. Let me tell you what I view. Let me tell you what I think. And he agreed with me more than he thought he would. Right. And then we, I made a video. And he was like, yo, man, I really respect you. You're, he's such a real one. We agreed on so many areas. Now, if I would have left it at the internet, Twitter thing, I would not have engaged. And first of all, what the fuck are you going to do to me? If you try to attack me, I'm going to shoot you. That's it but you're probably not going to try to attack me. We yes. are, be- right, are being programmed to believe that everything is anti, and it's not. We okay. have to get outside of this fake matrix thing that like mm-hmm. Zuckerberg and those guys are creating to yes. create c- contention and making us all go in our separate corners, forgetting that one, we're all human to, you know, we're then American if we're in the same country, America, right? Three, we all pretty much want the same shit, like a comfortable crib, food, our friends and family to be protected and nothing negative to happen to them. Like, we all fundamentally want the same stuff. Very few people are like, nah, man, fuck comfort. No, most people are like, what They're varying degrees of what comfort is, they want it. So, again, as the freedom and liberty people, we have to get people to have those dialogues to make them understand, the, and they may, and, and then go, well, they may not understand, and they may not want to. But the point is, our job is to at least attempt to show people how much similarity we actually have. When we can do that, we can remove uh, power, unnecessary, overreaching power from the state, because it's just made up of people. Yep. We can redirect that energy back to the constitutional republic that we have we can address these clear bullshit I- issues that our country has had with race and racism and sexism and fucking like you know like oh yeah women are inferior Ugh, that goofy shit right it's like bro you don't even know like what your social security number is like cool the fuck out like you're you're like lady pretty much runs your house like cool out you know what i'm saying the, um and these these are all things that I I I would submit that the freedom, more well-read, voluntary-based, liberty-minded person, the onus falls on us to do that because we know more. We know more. We read more. We are not just the victims of, you know, propaganda as much as the general, you know, a lot more people in the general public. So because of that, we are charged with the responsibility of doing more in that regard, being more um um, you know, tempered and metered, being more loving and empathetic, being more um okay with the potential for violence when it's time for it, being okay with avoiding all of the violence when it's not time for it. That responsibility falls on us. I ch- i I challenge everyone to that belief. And um if you Disagree with that theory, then you have to present a solution for it. If you disagree with that, the more well-read, more understanding of us are now charged with more responsibilities. You now have to present, you know, your case for why it's not our responsibility. But I absolutely think that it is, and I think that if we communicate more effectively, um, we can get people on board. It's we, it's really we just all we doing is walking around persuading people. That's all. You know, um, and however many more tools you have in your tool belt to persuade people to be for liberty, the better liberty is, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I I was thinking, you know, with some of the things that you're saying, like the, the people like us that are kind of in this liberty category, I think we're not susceptible to propaganda, probably because when we turn on like... There's really nothing in the news that's trying to um, reach us. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> we're, we're past help. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, I, I mean, my husband is, um, he's a, a Democrat. And when I watch the news with him, he's watching MSNBC. And so all the talking points are, like, what Democrats want to hear. You know, it's, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, like, tailored towards getting their ear. And then it just kind of helps them further... Just kind of gives them more of like a spin so that they're they get harder and harder into their thought process you know and my i mean my mom is a, de- a republican so when she watches her news it's the same thing it's just in the opposite direction so you know there's nothing right. that's I, I remember having a conversation with my mom um years ago i was like if fox news really wanted to just like get a younger demographic they would reach out to the libertarians you know, right. they've got, they've got one show, the Kennedy, Kennedy right. show, like they could No, die.
0: you, you, you know, you know, who's been leaning that way. And he's my guy. Um, Lawrence B Jones, he's a libertarian. Nice. He's over there at Fox nation. Um, yeah. I actually ran into him down at CPAC. He, he and Tommy Laren did it did like they live streamed from the whole CPAC scenario down there. Uh, but yes, yeah. you're a hundred percent right. If you guys, I mean, but, but that's one, if they want to, which is a a big if, and two, um, we got to make sure that we're loud enough to make sure that we're like, we, they may not even know. Like, that's the scary part. This is the part that I've found. Like a lot of times it's like, we we know stuff, which is why I go like the responsibilities on us. We know stuff and we're like, yeah, like duh. And then Fox, the big conglomerate is like, how can we do it? and, They don't know like the NRA for years. I was like, yo, what are y'all doing? They don't know. Now there's parts of it where they just don't want to. Right. But then I'm like, okay, cool. I'll just go do it. it. Yeah, Right. It's absolutely a large part of it. You know what I'm saying? But like, I just, my my love leans more towards just keep shining this light. Keep doing what we're doing. We actually have the answer. Mm -hmm. And, the it's actually mind. at a certain point going to be financially shabby for those bigger conglomerates to come come build with us. The general public is, young people are fucking tired of this duopoly bullshit. They're tired. They yeah. get it. They're like, fuck no. It just turns into like apathy. Where they're like, Ayo, fuck this whole thing. And I get it. But that's where our job, we go through like, yeah, we libertarians. And it's Like, can you... Like, hipsters. Why we're not tagged... Libertarians aren't hitting the hipster demographic, which is overwhelmingly Democrat. Libertarians should be like, yo, what... Hipsters, we are, as libertarians, we are cool. We are not mainstream in that regard, right? Mm -hmm. And we are like re- like i cannot stress this point enough we are really fucking cool like like <laughs> it's like we're about guns and freedom and your ability to exist in as your own being like no one disagrees with that in theory hipsters right. are like what love being on the cutting edge of shit the libertarian party's the third largest party in america this is like hipster 101 being at the on the fringe of something before it hits that tipping point Liber- every hipster in every liberal part of town and every gentrified artistic area in every big city should all be libertarians all of them
1: i have a lot of friends that are hipsters that are definitely democrats or definitely in the liberal end and it's i have found it is it And I have a friend who lives in a gentrified neighborhood in Indianapolis where, like, if she goes out and walks around the corner, she can go buy some crack and a gun (laughs) illegally. Like, that's how gentrified her neighborhood is. It's just brand new. And she does not think that anybody should own a gun, much less an AR-15, because, dear God, you know, that's just Mm -hmm. awful. Mm -hmm. And... I have tried and tried and tried to talk with her about how, well, if when you call the police, it takes them a long time to get there and you may be dead or maimed for life by the time the cops get there. Don't you want to, you know, have a, have something to protect yourself. And she's like, well, you know, I just don't think I need it. And I have two small kids. I'm afraid they're going to get a hold. Like that's always a big talking point with young parents, you know? They don't want to have a gun around because yeah. they're afraid their kids are going to get it, and they're you know they don't think they can. They just don't trust themselves. I think is what it comes down to. Exactly.
0: They don't. Tr- yeah, they don't trust themselves because they know they don't train. They don't know anything. Yeah. I usually break that with a magazine, or oh, I'll say something to them like this. Right. I'll say, like my my gay homies, right. I'll, I I've used the posts that were at a certain point anti-gun. I'll go yo, man, I totally understand, like, you know what I mean? Gun- I mean, it could be scary, I get it. And then they go, like, well, that's scary, but, like, you know, and I'm like, no, 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 but I get it, you know, and I- and then I'll say things like, well, you know, I just know that you're my gay homie, right? And there's a lot of weirdos out here that would try to kill you just for your sexual choices. Yeah. And all I can think about is stuff like the post nightclub where that weirdo went in there, yep. and I can think, as my, as my friend, If you were in that place, I would want you to have the means to defend yourself from a weirdo that wanted to kill you just for your sexual choices. Yep, yep. When you say it from an empathy place like that, and here's the other part. They have the right to not want one. They have the right to never have one. Mm -hmm. I just want to support them. Now, here's the fucked up part. When they get robbed, like somebody puts a gun in their face and takes their shit, that changes. Kim Kardashian for years was like, oh, guns are bad, guns are bad, guns are bad. Went to Paris, got robbed, got armed security detail. Oh,
1: yeah, I forgot about that. Wow. Yeah, that's a good Got point. robbed. So I got have a cousin, robbed. I have a cousin that he's also like, he is your typical white male liberal soy latte drinking guy. Socialist?
0: Okay. Yeah. <sighs> Right.
1: And I have had arguments with him about guns and he's just like and his parents are the op- like my aunt and uncle are the opposite like his his dad owns a gun. But and they grew yeah. up in Georgia. They grew up like south of Atlanta. So, you know, I don't understand, but he um uh, he's he lives in New Jersey now and he's just like, well, if I just need, you know, if something happens, I guess I could just call the cops. I don't see any point in having a gun <laughs> at all, you know? And it just like, it always goes back to like, his kids are too little. Don't want to have this in the house. And we can always just call the police. And, and I just, I mean, the thing I try to go talk to him about is about how like, sure. Uh, you know, the timing you're, I always bring that up. Like you, it always takes them longer than they say it's going to take to get there. And a lot of bad things can happen before they get there. But then on top of that, what if the cop confuses you for the bad guy or something? Like that's also another scenario and you are involving a cop who has a gun. So you're still going to have to deal with guns yep. being drawn, right? Right. So, you know, it's uh, how – and you don't know. Like that That cop might have had a, a fight with his wife he had a couple of shots of whiskey. Gets a call. He's got to go to this guy's house. He's not in a great mood. He's, you know. He never. You don't know what the cop's condition is either. You're trusting. You have complete faith a in a scenario that you don't know what's going to happen. Or you right. just Get a gun and train yourself.
0: <laughs> and then after, w- and then you train. And then if the police come after, there's an actual threat, and you've been able to, to defend yourself you can communicate very respectfully and law enforcement can take the notes and then make the report and we move on mm-hmm. the the again the the again the podcast is called voluntary vixens voluntary means i'm going to choose to be responsible for this deed or action that i'm choosing to participate in right. there's a certain level of uh a liberty minded person and we have to recondition people to that standard. They know that no one's coming to save you. You know, yeah. that can be a scary thought for someone that like is used to push a button on my phone and someone dashes the food right to my door. Yep. Right. Yeah. As opposed to someone that's like, Hey man, you know, like, this is the height of what we think... Every civilization that, like, falls, at the height of it, thinks it's the height of it, and it can never go backwards. This has happened multiple times throughout human history, like global history. I was just thinking... It, it's comforting to... Yeah, it's, a, it's comforting to believe that, you know, like, someone else will be responsible. Mm-hmm. No, the people that are assuming responsibility is because they're making money off of you not being responsible for you. Mm-hmm. But if that no longer is a financially viable incentive, they won't be responsible to do that. So take COVID for example, if, if COVID was really what it like, they try to package it as like the zombie apocalypse, there would be no conversation about what's essential or what's not. If it was like this airborne pathogen that you're going to turn into a zombie, as you go outside like they're trying to make you believe pilots wouldn't go to get on planes Yeah, truckers would not truck the food like they would just be like fuck no look Johnny walked outside Johnny choked (laughs) to death and now Johnny's a fucking zombie no there would be no conversation and now under those uh, under that standard now you gotta go okay up is walmart open there's nothing in walmart the truckers never came so you have to ask yourself how much of my life do i actually have control over and now i when i recognize how much i don't i'm going to volunteer to have more control over my life when you're talking to someone and telling them that they have been conditioned that everyone else will take care of it for them so because of that it's very easy to say, well, I'll just call the police. Mm -hmm. That person probably has never been in a scenario where the police actually ever got called. And I get it. You think that it's like, it'll just be like, uh, it's like DoorDash. Mm -hmm. We live in a society where DoorDash can get there before the police. Right? Mm -hmm. And I'm fine with that, because cool, you know, but whatever. My point is, right, My, my point is, yo, bro, getting people to live a more independent, a more, you know, or even just to start thinking about those things are steps in that direction. But I understand again, empathy, it can be a very challenging and life shattering matrix, breaking thought process to show people that, Hey, no one is obligated to come help you. And the yes. only reason why they do is because they have a financial incentive to do so. Is the reward becomes less than the risk of that trucker coming to you know like truckers to come like make food for you like bring it to you to the 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 depot or whatever they will stop that is a very scary thought to tell someone you have to be responsible not only for the guns and defense of the house but now training your children so it's not a so-called accident it's negligent and there's No education. When you say you have to inform these young people, you have to be responsible for these guns. You have to be this. You have to be that. It's the same reason why people put their money in banks. A bank is really just like a big safe that everybody just deposits their money in. And there's a person with a gun or cameras or like a state-sponsored agent there to shoot you if you try to mess with the, the, the money in the safe. You can do the same thing with a safe in your house. You're now responsible for it. You won't get charged fees. They won't trick you. You know, you're just now responsible for securing it. Now, some people will say, well, I couldn't put two years of savings in my house. Somebody might come in there. But they just sell you a concept because the same thing could happen to your money in a bank. They go, well, it's insured. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay. It's It's all of these fear factors to keep people from being volunteering to be more independent and maintain control over their own life.
1: I have, I have just noticed that I have watched people, I'm just looking at, I feel, I feel like we are dealing with the zombie apocalypse in a way, because mm-hmm. I'm dealing with people who are so brainwashed or they just don't think critically. Like, they don't realize that life is a risk every day. You make risky choices every single day. Every time you get behind the wheel of a car, every time you, like, you go to work, um, everything's a risk. So why... But with, like, especially with COVID, I've just watched so many people, like, so many people, like, don't just, don't see their family, they don't go live life, they're making themselves depressed, they're making themselves unhealthy, because they're not exercising, they're not getting any sunlight, because they're afraid of this one virus, but they still drive their car, they still smoke cigarettes, maybe, still eat crappy food. Get on a plane. Yeah. Go to Walmart. I mean... How many bacteria and viruses are at Walmart every single day? A lot. (laughs) Besides COVID,
0: right? Y'all ever heard of this flesh-eating disease called necrotizing fasciitis? Yes,
1: Yes. I have actually. I'm a nurse, so I actually took care of a a few patients that had that. It's
0: pretty bad. That shit is real, and it's fucking horrifying. Yep. Yeah. Like, like I don't, it's like to my understanding, no one knows where the shit comes from and it ain't a fucking like cure really. Like you just dealing with like managing the shit and it eats your flesh, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have no one's scared really of that.
1: fast. It, the problem with that is it really works
0: fast. <laughs> right. And, and, and your flesh will be gone, right? That exists, yeah. is real and it's not super duper rare. It's not rare where it's like one in every 100, 800 billion. It's like you as a nurse have dealt with it twice already, right? That's a thing that is real, is horrifying, but nobody's horrified about it because they're not even like told to think about it. But this COVID, I I truly believe I had like COVID like last week. Like I really think I had COVID last week. I was like... (laughs) coughing and like sick and I was like oh man I think I'm getting sick and I'm like yo I think I had this thing that they're calling COVID like I got a flu or whatever my point is I'm alive um I drank great. a lot of water yeah. I had a I sound great I had a whole bunch of fucking oranges I got in the sun fortunately <laughs> it was like a little warmer in Philly yep. mind you this whole last year I've been everywhere I was jet skiing two weeks ago like in Miami like my point is The fear factor is based on the things that you've been conditioned. Our condition to believe in is fear. Our job is to reverse engineer the brave factor. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, the reality is no one gets off of earth alive. No one. The reality is, you know, you're probably going to be around this bitch for like 70 years. Like on average. 60, 70 years, generally, unless you do some really, so you're the rarity. But generally, you're probably going to be around for like 60, 70 years, maybe even 80. Take care of your body. Don't believe the propaganda. Learn as much as you can. Be autonomous as possible. Volunteer your exchanges with people and limit the power of the state. We can increase the life expectancy. We can, we're making great strides in technology. we, we, in essence, live in, like, the safest time, like, in human history, right? Like, there's, there's no, like, saber-toothed tiger coming to, like, eat my face off as I get out of the car. You know what I'm saying? Like, generally, we're in a very safe time. This yeah. is a great thing that we can extend on. But we, we, as the people that read and study and are aware and have empathy and have love, we are charged with the responsibility, uh, if you want to, to educate that's the way that i view it right to educate and inform as many people as possible of these great things in this amazing life that we live and if we can do that we can defend ironically we can we can win that culture war and then we don't even have to we we are in the beautiful position of having what's very rare in human history as well which is like a bloodless revolution usually revolutions are bloody as shit people die yeah we can change the hearts and minds of people with our information base and shift culture generally and make people make different decisions, voluntary of their own volition, and change culture, which then changes politics and then empowers us all. That's my hope for the human condition, and I think, I think that we're solid enough um, to, to actually do it.
2: I think you're right. Wait, hey, oh, shit,
0: it's 10 girls.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Do you need to go, Mosh? Probably.
0: I mean, we can we 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 can yeah, but you know, I, I just was I just flew by. I loved it. I, liked, I loved it. it I liked great.
1: um where you ended, though. I did want to talk about one thing if you have time.
0: Sure. What is? It?
1: I listened to your um your uh your panel that you had on CPAC. I really loved that mm-hmm. panel because here you are, you know, you were given that time to just for you, and you decided to open up for a whole panel of of different. Uh, black and hispanic speakers to come and talk to a room full of republicans which i thought was great because and i liked how you said you know you were warning the audience that this is growing pains Mm -hmm. (laughs) i just loved it because you know i that's one of my biggest complaints with the republican party is that i think that there is a lot of stereotypes that Republicans are racist, they're close-minded, they are closed minded they do not like new, they don't want to have any new faces or new ideas. And part of that's a little true, but I don't, I do feel like when you actually get to know a lot of Republicans, they're pretty open-minded, but they don't really speak up, you know? Yeah. And one of your, one of the women on your panel, Sonny Johnson, like, I love her so much. I actually have been, I've listened to her before that, but... I loved her, how she talked about how Republicans just kind of didn't listen to how black men, they want the same things. And here is your, here's this group of people that you could be trying to reach to, and the Republican Party just never did. And so, I, I don't know, I just sure. wanted to get, kind of get your thoughts on that.
0: I think or, that. Um, I think a lot of the people that I know of, so I know the, you know, Dan Schneider, um, Matt Schlapp over at American conservative union, Ian, um, these are, these are good. These are good guys. Mm -hmm. Um, I I also know that maybe with Dan and, and Matt, they're from a different demographic. So some things they don't know. I don't think that those guys are going, yeah, let's not have certain voices at CPAC. I've been on there for like the last three years. Like, doing and saying whatever i want and they're like we maj we lo- every year it's not even like a question they're like absolutely Maj. like they've incrementally given me more time and this year they put me like on like right in front of trump right so wow. yeah so it's like nah we're gonna we're gonna get busy out here i think <laughs> that they know like especially dan dan makes no qualms about like not knowing what he doesn't know Dan's a good dude you know um Matt Schlapp, like I know Matt and I've seen him yeah he's walking a tight rope no doubt especially in this polarized left versus right media argument and it's, let's be honest right media is getting slammed right-leaning people left-leaning you know is just like yeah you're absolutely racist and you are da-da-da-da and it's like, no, actually, maybe I'm just a good person that views the world through this lens, through a more conservative or libertarian or whatever lens. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I think they fall in the category of guys that didn't know. And then when they got a wind of me, they were like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, we get it. Yeah. We, we like this dude. We, we don't. We, and we know that he's touching a demographic that we can't. Those guys fall in the category of people that just didn't know what they didn't know. And then when they were exposed to it, they were like, hell yeah, absolutely. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that there are a lot of people, more people. In my experience, more people don't know what they don't know Mm -hmm. than, than the people that do exist that are like, yeah, hell no. The irony is the people that are like, hell no. Are people like Jesse Lee Peterson, who, speaking of the summit, Shamika Michelle made a very, uh, the panel, Shamika Michelle made a very good analogy of the different types of conservative that you have to use to reach a different audience, right? When she said, some people are Carlton. Will, from the Fresh Prince, speaks to a different demographic. You can't send Carlton to a Will's demographic. It doesn't always work out the same. The messenger is sometimes as important as the message. And it was, it was a perfect analogy. Some of those guys that felt offended by that then went to go, they're saying that certain people aren't black enough as conservatives and blah, blah, blah. They did because, you know, Trump's not in office. They can't. They got to figure out another thing to talk about. They inserted themselves and got like, yeah. they were snowflakes, like liberals that they say are snowflakes. Mm-hmm. They did the same thing to insert themselves in a conversation when no one was speaking ill of any type of conservative. Those people like, like Jesse Lee Peterson says, this girl, Shamika, he's an older gentleman. This girl, Shamika Michelle, she didn't even comb her hair. She's so dumb. She literally said this, like what type of woman? And it's like, see, you're the type of conservative that stalls the movement. You're the type of star Wars type of libertarian that doesn't (laughs) get that. Hey, maybe Marge has something that can bring to the table, uh, you know, him, him and the other dude that disinvited me, you know, it's like, no, y'all are actually gatekeepers that don't want the spread of liberty values and, uh, and conservative, genuine liberty and conservative values in urban America. Because there's some overlap, there's some overlap in some areas, not all, but my job is to make that urban demographic see these new options and get them on board. You don't actually want to do that. You are more like the NRA. You don't want to broaden your thinking to encompass the over 120 million gun owners in America. You want to placate to the four or 5 million that are already down with you. Mm -hmm. See the cost and effort and energy that goes into expanding the market is more work than just maintaining the market that you have. But I want Liberty to dominate the market. So the ability to translate the message in areas is I'm a translator. I know how to do it very well. That is very threatening to the people like the Jesse Lee Peterson, you know, among some others that is very threatening to those people because it creates a space where they're no longer the cool person. Carlton was the coolest person in the room until Will showed up. Will didn't come attacking Carlton. He just was being himself. right those and not that every every suburban black conservative or libertarian is saying like oh like offended but some of those people are offended and it's not the 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 dan schneiders or the matt slaps they're like oh shit this guy's cool we like uh uh in in the the, uh will smith episode the one white kid that was Carlton's friend and when will first got that he wound up calling him like Kellogg or something like that Cornflake and he was just cool right it's like no he, those guys are like oh shit this this Will dude's cool man let's bring him to our stuff he's, he's cool we like him we didn't know that this type of person existed that person is different than the type of person that's like no 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 don't show Will because Will being showed as cool will show how I was pretending like I was cool to Jesse Lee Petersons and those people that don't want the libertarian movement in urban America, they want to do everything. They want to court all of the SJW, fake SJW shit, but they don't want actually want blue collar, hard nose, hardworking urban Americans of all ethnicities in the libertarian party. You know why? Because you can't control that type of person. Yeah. You're talking about freedom of autonomy, freedom of movement, but you only want a certain segment of the population because then you have to broaden the way that you address everyone you have to bro it, it's not just this purity cont- contest anymore it's yo i smoke weed genuinely you know you got to be around me and my friends and it's like we don't give a f- we genuinely are libertarian and we don't give a fuck about that rule we're going to carry a gun wherever the fuck we go now how libertarian actually are you or are you just wearing the suit and tie and saying hey i'm the second generation i was raised libertarian fuck out of here That's not what libertarianism is. And we're not even the people that are saying you're wrong for that type of libertarianism. No, you're the person being the gatekeeper. When I bring hood dudes in, it's like, yo, I want to be able to move where I want to move. I want to be for my children to go to the school that they choose, that we choose to put them in. I want to be able to smoke without the fucking government putting a knee on my fucking neck and killing me on camera. Mm. Right. Everybody in urban America resonates with that. But urban America is very strong so, and they're going to question you. They're going to challenge some of your ideology. They're going to say, well, what is up with this open border thing? Is this a thing? And if so, what if this impacts my community's jobs? These are questions that you got to answer. Yep. Yeah. You, like me, when people go, well, you for open borders? I'm like, well, I don't even think the Libertarian Party specifically is like, yeah, just absolutely no borders. I think the conversation is more about the autonomy of the person to move about freely. And I don't think anybody's going to disagree with that, but you have to, you got to deal with this reality of, okay, open borders in a welfare state. That is a, that's the thing that you got to talk about. And some people are going to ask you that question. And if they aren't asking the question just because they're like, Oh, you're such and such then. And if you're comfortable with that, and that's the reason why you're not really having that conversation, because of, nah, I want to maintain a certain level of control, then you're actually not strong enough to be a leader. The reason why I can be around a bunch of people that are killers, that are my friends, that I love very dearly, is because, like, you got to be strong enough to deal with killers. That's it. If There's a reason why, you know, gas prices are up now because, say what you want about Trump, the people that may not, you know, that got to do deals with America... Respect his ability to be like, no, fuck you, fuck you, man. Soon as Joe got in office, hit now here we go with the high gas prices because the OPEC nations are like, yeah, fuck that dude, fuck him, he's soft. Yeah, you really have soft. to have these conversations. You know what I'm saying? There's a reason why all of these killers in the military love Secretary of Defense Mattis. Now again, we going into the conversation about the war state and all of that for sure. But we're talking about psychology. There is a reason why certain people are respected and others aren't, because the strength that these people have, you've got to respect it. And if these so-called leaders in the libertarian movement are that afraid that they can't have strong-minded, hard-working people around because it challenges the, well, they're not libertarian enough, okay, well, you don't, you're not really fit to lead in the first place and we got to really be willing to have those conversations if you say you want to you know spread the movement you got to
1: well one of the things that i really liked about that panel is that even though everybody in that panel was a minority they all had different prescriptions they had their own ideas and they and they were their own person and that's what the libertarian right. party is about is mm-hmm. about the individual we don't care about the color of your skin. We don't try. We're you know sure we'd love to have everybody, but the most important thing is you know respecting indiv- the individual and correct. Like correct. what you're talking about, like with talk, we need to have these conversations about open borders because some of these people who are like pro open borders they live in New York City. They don't live on the border, right? And then right. some of the people who are um, anti, you know, live on the border. So they have their own experiences and we have to talk about it. We have to be willing to listen and talk.
0: Correct. 100%. But if, but if as soon as the person, the the reason why I was kind of like shunned a bit is because I know my presence, my presence will bring people in. I, I mean, I could bring people in that would shift the, and that's been my agenda the whole time. to shift voting trends. I've I've, I've made no qualms about that. You know, when I said, when we started Black Guns Matter, we are going to shift the buying trends of guns. We did it. We did it. When I say, hey, I'm going to participate in the... When I said, I'm going to remove Wars, he didn't even rerun because I was going to concentrate on him. That's (laughs) just what it is. You know what I'm saying? He was like, nah, I'm I'm not fucking doing that. And it's smart. Bow out gracefully. It's smarter. You know what I mean? Um, These are are things that... But knowing my worth and you knowing your worth doesn't have to be opposing concepts. It's just going like, okay, this is what I bring to the table and this is what you bring to the table. What can we bring to the table for liberty? These are the power moves. You know, and this is where we actually can, you know, go and, and you know... Uh, go forth and multiply in that regard. That's the agenda for me. I have an agenda. My agenda is to now, that we've proven that we can shift spending patterns and people buying guns, now we've got to shift the voting policies. My agenda is to make 50,000 people in Philadelphia shift their uh, political affiliation to libertarian. That's my goal, locally. Let's make 50,000 people in one city, let's see if we can do it. 50,000 people, you you don't got to be a Republican. You don't got to be stay a Democrat. You know that something's wrong with the Democrat thing. You know that. I don't have to tell you that. Your hood looks exactly the fucking same it's looked since you started fucking being involved in this Democrat thing. Mm-hmm. Right? You don't know about the Republican thing because you're like, eh, I heard they was racist. I'm not even fighting that conditioning. Cool, come do this Libertarian shit. Yeah. yeah. The goal is to shift voting trends. That's the goal. And I think, again... You know, um, these are things that that we can do with some, you know, with with solid, hardworking people that are willing to be empathetic for others and, you know, listen and communicate and and literally shift the zeitgeist in the direction it needs to go. Agreed.
2: And I Agreed. think um, a big thing there that you've said, basically, or what I've taken away from that is, um the internet really is a shitty place to do that. And so, yeah, here we are on this podcast <laughs> and I'm, I'm grateful to have it because otherwise I'd probably go insane. Um, but it, it really um, just is a reminder that these conversations do need to be had on the individual level, um, you know, small groups, wherever you guys can gather. But even even in my own like personal life, I'm trying to text my friends over a group text and it's just like. No, it's not. My, my message isn't getting across the way it needs to get across. Um, you know, they're all just going, lemming central towards the state. And it's like, if I act out in a group text with them, I'm going to sound like a psycho instead of the empathetic person that I actually am, who just is, you know, afraid of them giving too much um, power, credence and faith towards the government. Um, but yeah, you know, we come off crazy, uh, sometimes, but, having those real um, in-person conversations when possible. I think will make yes. a difference. 100%. Yeah. Feel that. All right. Well, Maj, uh, I know you're in a car <laughs> and <laughs> we want to let you go. But before we do, um, where can people find you?
0: Um, they can find me up until the end of 2021 on social media at Maj Touré, M-A-J-T-O-U-R-E. That's on Twitter instagram they can follow our official black guns matter instagram page um follow us on, um, you know support the work gofundme.com forward slash black matter go buy some merch BlackGunsMatterShop.com. um that's where you can hit me let's chop it up I'm very very down to earth um let's chop it up you got a podcast you want to talk about life you you're thinking about killing yourself call me i'd rather talk to you about what's going on and read your obituary Um, I'm pretty, I'm very down to earth. Just hit me up, follow me. Let's chop it up about life and let's push forward for liberty. Real
2: quick. Uh, you said up until the end of 2021, where are you going?
0: I am, if we do not hit our goal of $1 million, I, 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 um, we've raised and gave away $400,000. I told everybody what I was going to do with the money. I did exactly that. Um, now we need to buy a building outright and I'll stay in the fight. Um, if not, I'm going to selfishly go buy some land somewhere down South. I'm going to be like Thanos on my own planet and just grow food and learn how to like build stuff like carpentry and electric, electrical and all that other type of stuff um unless everybody's like nope Maj we want you to continue doing the work and I'll continue to give away more money and I'll continue to you know I'm giving away fifty thousand dollars for people to be FFLs and things of that nature so um these are the things that um I'm gonna do but if we we got like maybe six hundred thousand dollars left to hit by uh new year if we do I'll keep going if not I'll continue to give the money away and then do the classes and then um I'm out, and somebody else, the free market will provide, you know. But if not, I'm out, and then I'll just close all of my social media, and no one will be able to contact me.
2: <laughs> well, I hope we keep seeing you. Um, yep,
0: no doubt. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I feel like we just all found you. Like you know, <laughs> don't go <with laughs> too soon, um, but totally understandable. And all right, Jesse, where, sure. where can
1: people find us in case uh, Ma shares this? We're most active on Instagram. the voluntary victims podcast and we also same on facebook um twitter we're at vixens voluntary if you guys want to follow us there and if you guys want to donate to our patreon we still have our patreon it's um vixens underscore voluntary and i think it's capital v's because somebody told me it was hard to find so yeah cool. try that if you can't find it (laughs) yeah (laughs) so
2: helpful for the content creators All right. Well, everybody, um, solutionaries, vixens, all of you listening, thanks again for being here. Thanks again, Maj. Um, You're totally right, totally down to earth, and we appreciate you coming on. Um, Everybody, we'll catch you next time, but in the meantime, keep it sane, keep it peaceful, and keep it voluntary. Peace.